to the David Glenn Show. More of your phone calls a little bit later this hour, but joining us now as promised, he's the brand new athletic director at Wake Forest University. He's actually been on the job for a little while, but he's jumping into a position that in the Power Conference, Power Five conferences actually has the smallest student enrollment. Wake Forest, often great in a lot of different sports, sometimes swimming upstream as the smallest school by student enrollment in the Power Five. His two predecessors spent almost three decades on the job each. John Curry, formerly of Kansas State and the Tennessee Volunteers, uh, has joined us in studio with members of his staff. So it's good to see Steve Shutt, Mike Odom. I don't see the mascot around here. He was photographed with you earlier today. But John Curry, welcome to the David Glenn Show. How are you? I'm doing great, David. And we got to come. We really came here to compliment you because you were the one that broke this story. Thank and you. So the reason the you. reason we have Mike and we've got Steve Shutt <laughs> and we got Terrell back behind us is we're not leaving until we found out find out where the source was. That's great. Well, fortunately, I I don't need to tell you that John Curry, Wake Forest athletic director, was not my source for either Ron Wellman's retirement or John Curry returning to his alma mater as the Wake Forest AD. He's kind enough to mention that. For those who follow my work at accsports.com or The Athletic Carolina, that was one of the big stories we were able to break for you uh, a little while back. Before we even dive into the sports, I, I live in North Raleigh, so I'm really close to Wake Forest, North Carolina, right? And it confuses some people. This wonderful university based in Winston-Salem uh, some might look at a map and see Wake Forest, NC and go to the wrong place. I don't know if that still happens, but you visited the original Wake Forest campus, which is or was in Wake Forest, North Carolina. What was that like? And please tell me people don't go to the wrong place all these decades later. Well, I don't know about now, but I know I had at least one uh, college friend whose parents and he drove down from Pennsylvania and went to oh Wake Forest, North Carolina uh, instead of Winston-Salem, but he still came to Winston-Salem <laughs> to our beautiful campus there. Uh, it was really cool. We went to the Wake Forest Historical Museum. Of course, the town of Wake Forest is a really beautiful uh, community and is now uh, really just another neighborhood in Raleigh, right? And so uh, very cool. You know, Wake Forest played the first ever uh, college football game in North Carolina, the first ever college baseball game in North Carolina, and the first ever college basketball game in North Carolina. At one point, the original uh, Grove Stadium in uh, where, I guess, Wake Forest Rolls uh, High School plays yep. now uh, was the largest stadium in North Carolina. Gore Gymnasium was the largest basketball arena in North Carolina at one point uh, b before uh, before World War II. So uh, Wake Forest has incredible history in this area, uh, still a um, uh, thousands of Wake Forest fans uh, in the in the triangle, um, and we'll have a bunch a uh, bunch of folks we'll see tonight. John Curry is joining us. You can follow him on Twitter at John underscore Curry. It's C U R R I E. For those who don't know about outreach or summer programs or meeting with boosters, or we saw that you visited the Carolina Hurricanes NHL franchise earlier today. How does this stuff work? I mean, you're new, but even in years where you're not meeting people for the first time obviously wake forest does similar things so how does this stuff work for those who don't really know well all this stuff has evolved over time and some some things are more relevant in the old days you went and had the you used to call it the rubber chicken circuit yes. where you went and ate barbecue or ate chicken in every little town uh, in, in your region or footprint whatever regardless of what school you're you are uh, nowadays you know people because of uh, you know journalists like you dave and others and the internet you know people know who's going to be the uh, the starting the depth chart and the recruiting and stuff like that and you used to get that in the springtime now is more about connections and uh, in this particular tour as I get started we've just taken the opportunity um, to put uh, to put the Deacon and put the WF and put our brand uh, alongside some great partners like the Hurricanes or when we were in Charlotte a few weeks ago 
as a young person growing up in the north, I think I'm relatively typical along these lines. I knew about Wake Forest as an athletics program before I knew about it as this renowned international university. Is that still the case in 2019 with the internet and everything else where we describe sports as the front porch of a university? I kind of feel, I fit, looking back, I felt kind of ignorant. You know, I'm thinking more about, you know, Chris Paul or Tim Duncan or Jim Grobe's championship team than I am this university that I've told you has attracted my friends from far away from here. Does it still work that way? Because uh, I imagine some see you first academically, but I know sports is great for outreach. Well, we, we happen to be great at both, both academics and, and, and athletics. And you take, for example, our football program under Dave Clawson's leadership has a top 10% in the country APR, academic progress rate score, and has won three consecutive bowl games. Um, and uh, we have a, we're poised to have a great season this coming year. Um, but you mentioned that front porch example, uh, which sometimes is a little bit overused. But uh, one of the benefits of, of um, intercollegiate athletics in the higher education model is the connections it brings to the community. So in Winston-Salem, at Wake Forest, or wherever we play, we would like to think that the fan experience reflects the hospitality of our university, regardless of you went to, whether you went to school there or whether you're a parent or just a, a friend passing through. The hospitality that you experience at our events um, is, is, should be reflective of the welcoming nature of our university. I've been on college campuses where there are 50,000-plus and a trip to Wake Forest in Winston-Salem is a much different experience. I know you describe it as more of a positive than a drawback that you have such a relatively small student enrollment. But what is that like? I mean, what percentage, do you even know the number, what percentage of your student body participates in Division I athletics? Because it feels like a, a much bigger number at Wake Forest than it would be at virtually any of the other Power Five schools. So, so at Wake Forest, we have about 5,000 other graduates, which is about 1,600 more than it was when I graduated okay. 26 years ago. So there's been some growth there. And then we probably have another 3,000 uh, students in our medical school, our law school, and other professional uh, programs. Um, about 450 student athletes of that 5,000. So, you yeah. know, a little bit under 10%. But one of the things I, I believe that our, our student athletes like in our campus is that um, um, maybe because of the size of our campus and the fact that we don't have a dedicated athletic dorm, you know, they're, they're a little bit more um, assimilated into the rest of, uh, of our student body. And that's something we continue to work on. Um, and, and that goes both ways. One of the cool things you see is that um, at a place like Wake Forest, you'll have half the student body literally at a football game. Yeah. Um, and that's a, that's a neat aspect of, of the university. You are coming home in a sense. So you, theoretically, you can kind of hit the ground running more than somebody would have to learn Wake Forest athletics from scratch. Uh, how do you summarize how different the place that you left as this promising young undergrad uh versus whatever you inherited when you came back earlier this year? Well, it was actually, I grew up in Chapel Hill just right down the road, and uh, it was 30 years ago this spring that I graduated from Chapel Hill Senior High School back when there was only one. and <laughs> drove up I-40 um, uh, in August to enroll at Wake Forest, so it's really a 30-year journey for me that comes back here. Um, the values are the same. And the commitment to, to academic excellence and the commitment to athletic excellence and the commitment to service uh, through the pro-human 
Pro-Humanitate motto, uh, but clearly uh, the, the university and really the city of Winston-Salem been transformed. You know, there's been almost $2 billion uh, spent in downtown Winston-Salem developing uh, uh, the Wake Med campus and, and um, uh, the innovation quarter um, and some biomed engineering type stuff. It's become a very vibrant place uh, to be again. Uh, and then on campus, we've had uh, phenomenal growth, uh, both from a facility standpoint. We actually have, uh, since I graduated, we've built two new business schools. The most recent one is Farrell Hall. And then from an athletic perspective, uh, we'll be opening uh, the, the McCrary. Um, we've opened McCrary Fieldhouse, and next up is the Shaw Basketball Complex and the Sutton Center. And we're going to look as good from a facility infrastructure um, uh, standpoint as any program in the Power Five or in the ACC. So th those are exciting things. Uh, Ron Wellman did a terrific job over the last 27 years, just as Gene Hooks did for the 28 years before him. I'm pretty confident I will not be in this job 27 you, years. It's funny. You, uh, you're Dave, leading but, me my um, next question. But uh, hopefully it's a few. How does that work? I mean, I'm picturing the, you know, the interviewing process. Hey, the, our last two people, I can't believe that number. I mean, I, I created the ACC Sports Journal and ACCSports.com. Of which 19, I was a paid subscriber. I remember you telling me that, and thank paid you to this subscriber. day. Uh, I can't believe that that is now 25 years ago. And in that capacity, as the editor of that magazine website, I have dealt with one and only one until now, Wake Forest Athletic Director. I mean, there are some schools where I've dealt with five or six or seven different people. I'm, not, I'm sure it's not a requirement to promise to stay for a quarter century or longer, but what, what is your mindset as you look forward to the longer-term future of, of Wake Forest Athletics? Because, as you said, 27- and 28-year tenures – it just doesn't happen in most industries anymore, much less college sports. Well, well higher education uh, in, in general has become a bit more transient than it once was. And if you look at the continued progress and the trajectory that Wake Forest has been on for 185 years, uh, that leadership stability has won, has been an important factor that is that has led to really, really consistent growth without a lot of backpedaling. Um, and so, you know, one of the things that was is very unique for Ron Wellman in 27 years as athletics director, he only had two presidents. Yeah. So uh, President Hatch um, yeah, followed Dr. Hearn, who had started in 1984. So you got some really strong continuity there. And, and, and there are some places in college athletics where you get in a little trouble when you have instability uh, in that leadership um, uh, standpoint. I have a recent quote from you that I really enjoyed. You were discussing Wake basketball. It is really dyed into the fabric of this state, Wake basketball, D-Y-E-D. I love that part. It's important for Wake Forest to be good at basketball. I got a nice note from Danny Manning not long ago. I believe he just went through a surgery. Let's see, he's trying to catch up with Kay and Roy in terms of artificial joints, I guess. Uh, how's he doing just physically and personally first? And then since the decision to retain Danny, there has been some more turnover and an NBA departure. So what's the state of the basketball program, as I know Wake fans have been uh, frustrated lately with that portion of your universe. Sure. Well, anybody associated with our basketball program, including Coach Manning, has been frustrated with with our on-court results uh, over the last couple of years. First of all, uh, he's doing great. Um, uh, he's uh, really coming along. He had, he had a knee replacement uh, deal, and uh, I think I read Mac Brown is having his done yes. uh, next week. So I guess that's going around these days in the in the coaching uh, circle. So he's he's battled through that. Um, he's added Rex uh, Walter to his coaching staff. Um, uh, we're excited about that, and and um, so what what Coach Manning and I have done really over the last since I took over officially as athletics director on May first, uh, we kind of had a handoff meeting between uh, Ron and Coach Manning and myself. 
Um, and then he and I meet every couple of weeks and then we're in, in touch. And what I'm doing is, is learning his program and finding and asking questions about how I can help. Uh, you know, an athletic director ultimately is a support person. Uh, the head coach uh, in college is different than the head coach in the pros. Um, a head coach in college is both the general manager and the head coach of the team, and that's more complex uh, than it is in the NBA or in the NHL or in the NFL where the, the coach and the general manager are really two different people. So I've been learning from him on how uh, the areas that, uh, that we need to focus on to, uh, to get better, um, and I'm, uh, I've enjoyed those conversations and that relationship developing. Wake Forest Athletic Director John Curry is joining us in studio here on the David Glenn Show. You can follow him on Twitter at John underscore Curry. I imagine you got some feedback even prior to the official uh, May 1st date, and I'm sure plenty since then, maybe even on your trip to the Triangle today. How do you summarize the most frequent themes that you hear from what we like to call tie-dyed nation, the folks who you know, pour their hearts and souls into supporting Wake Forest sports. Well, first, Wake Forest has had some incredible stories over the last uh, three weeks, right? Yeah. You know, you have uh, uh, women's golf and men's tennis both play for the national championship. So there you have this uh, small school and blah, 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 private enrollment, and, and we're competing for the national championship. And really in golf, we're one, one shot on the 20th hole of the fifth match against Duke, right. uh, who had a phenomenal year again this year and has won a number of national championships in golf. We were right there, uh, right there again in men's tennis, uh, playing for the national championship against the University of Texas. Uh, men's golf um, had a great uh, finish in the top eight and made it into match play. Uh, baseball, we didn't have the year we wanted to. We hit the ball well. We didn't pitch it particularly consistently. Uh, but Tom Walters built a phenomenal program, uh, spectacular facility. Probably our best facility um, from top to bottom, A to Z, is, is our baseball. Baseball stadium, David Couch Ballpark in Winston-Salem has, has this incredible state-of-the-art pitching lab. Um, people are really excited about Wake Forest football. Yeah. Um, you know, we have opening night, uh, which we're putting a lot of time and energy into, talking about opening night and having a full house at BB&T Field on August 30th at 8 o'clock. That'll be our debut football game on the ACC Network, which we're extraordinarily uh, excited about. But it is Wake Forest that has won three consecutive bowl games. It is Wake Forest that is also has a football program uh, in the top 10% of all schools from an academic performance uh, rating um, uh, with a couple good quarterbacks uh, coming back and a terrific coach who, who uh, Coach Clawson and his wife, Kat, and have made a really a special long-term commitment to our university. He's the perfect fit uh, for us and who we are. Uh, and I'm very excited about our continued uh, growth in football. You know, we mentioned being at Old Wake Forest this morning. Right. And the last time, can you name the year, Dave, the last time Wake Forest hosted in football at home, North Carolina, Duke, and NC State all in the, in the same, same football season. season. Can you no name it? I have chance of giving you that year. Okay, it's never happened okay. in Winston-Salem. It hasn't happened since 1921. Wow. At On old campus in, in old Wake Forest, or original Wake Forest here. So, and that's happening and this year. And that's happening this year. So we talk about the Big Four, yeah. like you grew up covering yeah. and I grew up in, uh, the Big Four, Tobacco Road, the Big Four Championship, the State Championship, wow. all those things. You got to go right through Winston-Salem for that this year. I don't have to write an article on the 1921 version of that, do I? I'll just cover the 2019 version. However you feel like you best spend your time. We're going to focus ourselves on 2019 and having a packed house. Uh, starting the North Carolina game is on uh, Friday, uh, September 13th uh, at 6 o'clock. So got to leave a little early, get through Greensboro, but we expect lots of you all from around here to be there. John Curry joining us from Wake Forest here in studio on the David Glenn Show. You mentioned Dave Clawson. If you can elaborate on the long-term commitment, you know, I'm sure part of that's financial, contractual, et cetera. You don't have to share all those details, obviously, as a private university. University, but as long as I've been around, every once in a while, 
you see a human being in a university in a program and you just say, that's right, you know. And he is winning and the bowl games you mentioned. And it feels like other than the monstrosity that is the Clemson Tigers, and we all have to understand that, it just feels like why not wake compared to any of the other 13 teams that play football in that league? Uh, and Dave Clawson already has the snowball rolling in the right direction. So what more can you tell us about that relationship? Because it just it seems to be the perfect marriage. It, it really is. And uh, hats off to President Hatch uh, and our Board of Trustees uh, and, of course, Ron Wellman, who hired Dave Clawson. Yeah. I remember watching it from afar. I was out at Kansas State when, when Ron hired uh, Coach Clawson, and I actually had one of uh, Coach Clawson's staff members that I hired at K-State uh, a number of years ago. And, and I, I knew then it was going to be a perfect match uh, for Wake Forest. Uh, and so hats off to the, to the President, uh, President Hatch, and, and our board recognizing um, what that stability means and that continued long-term engagement uh, you know, we can't talk about recruiting specifically. Yeah. Um, and Wake Forest will always be a developmental program. Uh, we will always win best, win most when we have fourth and fifth year players in our program. Uh, but, you know, those aspects are going very well. Um, the commitment that the university has made to Coach Clawson includes commitment to staff retention, includes uh, resources, uh, includes obviously uh, making sure that uh, – uh, that, that he is appropriately uh, in this crazy world of college athletics yeah. and all that kind of stuff, that he, that he fits appropriately and it recognizes what he's accomplished. Um, I think we have the best football program in the state of North Carolina, um, and uh, we're going to continue to develop that uh, from a uh, regional and, and national perspective. John Curry is with us. He is the new athletic director at Wake Forest University. You mentioned the ACC network, and you have experience in both the Big 12 and the SEC. Uh, some of this is a little bit complicated, but I wonder if you could paint the big picture for us. The Pac-12 owns its own network, but still has massive distribution problems. You're aware from your time in the SEC, they have an incredible success story. My understanding is they don't own the SEC network, but thanks to a great partnership with ESPN, they have wonderful distribution. And I saw a number that they, they create $600 million or more a year just in subscription fees, before you get into advertising, $600 million a year with the SEC network. The ACC clearly is following the SEC model, partnership with the ESPN, hoping for great distribution. What can you share along the lines of an update there or even the bigger picture? Because most of my career, the ACC was one of those that set the pace financially. And there's no doubt that the Big Ten and the SEC are now setting the pace financially, at least in part, because of very successful networks. Well, a friend of mine, actually a fellow athletic director, uh, said recently, comparison can be the thief of joy. Mm. Um, for, for the ACC, um, hats off to Commissioner Swafford and, and Dean Jordan, uh, who's been uh, the principal con uh, consultant for the deal. I, I think you would have said, you know, four years ago I was in the Big 12 and people were watching, and is the ACC network going to work? Is it, are they going to be able to get there? And all that kind of, is it, Have they missed their time? And, and instead, I believe the commissioner's strategy uh, with the, uh, the Council of Presidents and the ADs uh, of really assessing the marketplace uh, and then and then learning from maybe some missteps in other in other places uh, and then launching when the time is right and, and I believe the time is right if you look at the strength of the league uh, winning national championships uh, in football and basketball and runner-up in women's basketball and all the other uh, sports that go into to the mix um, you know, we all hear about um, the value of college basketball versus the value of college football in the marketplace. Uh, and the reality of it is ACC basketball is the most valuable basketball property. And, and, and that matters here yeah. in the state of North Carolina, where we have over 10 million people um, and up and down the Northeast corridor. So I'm very 
optimistic that the network will continue to provide um, uh, a great, great future growth for our league, um, showcasing, uh, most importantly, showcasing these world-class student-athletes and in all of our sports, really, but not just in football and men's basketball, but in women's basketball and women's soccer, et cetera. It's, it's going to be a great uh, leap forward uh, for our, our league. Uh, from the revenue side, um, the projections um, are, uh, are appropriate, and it, it looks like we're, we're making great progress towards that. Uh, you know, we're going to get into this uh, carriage situation after we launch yeah. on, on August the 22nd. And you know, one of the things we talk about from with fans, sometimes fans see, um, you know, especially nowadays, whether it's at NC State or Chapel Hill or, or, or Wake, where you've had some really, really special people make huge gifts to improve our business schools or our football stadiums, um, seven- and eight-figure gifts. Well, the network is a great example of the grassroots impact of all fans of our league uh, because that's what drives – um, the, the carriage of the ACC network on a particular cable system or on uh, Hulu, which is one yeah. of the distributors of the ACC network. So we'll have this period of time where you, you go to uh, 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 get ACC in um, on your deal and you can plug in your zip code. And, and, right. then, and then what? I mean, I've told my mother, I've told my wife, you got to call the cable company and tell them that you want, you're demanding the ACC network. Yeah, and you're not exaggerating when you say that, right? You, you have numbers that you can show these carriers that show, hey, this is how much people care about ACC basketball. These other numbers show how much people care about ACC football or these other amazing Olympic sports. That matters. But it's like back to good old-fashioned you know, letter writing way, way back in the day, right? Absolutely. Because the last I saw, whereas you know, the Pac-12, again, distribution problems – the eight, my understanding, and I'm, I happen to be writing about this right now, so I'm going to take every quote from John Curry and put it in my next article at theathletic.com. Uh, the, the ACC already has tens of millions, I don't know the exact number, tens of millions who are already going to be capable, launched two and a half months away, as you said, of getting the ACC network through either fiber, cable, satellite, et cetera. And that's better than the Pac-12 is today, many years into its launch. But yet it, the current number is way short of SEC, Big Ten, et cetera. My understanding was in the SEC, these conversations went into June and July of the year that they launched in August. Sure, and, that, and that's right? part of the – I mean, that's as you said, it's part of the um – uh, the grassroots effort that we need uh, to to help drive that, but but it could go right up to that first um, uh, that first I guess uh, Clemson and Georgia Tech playing that Thursday night, Wake Forest and Utah State on on Friday night on the network. Um, there's uh, the NC State I think is on a game on Saturday. Yes. Boston College is on a game on Saturday, and, and that stuff can go right up to the edge. Um, and we do need our fans uh, and constituents to put pressure on those uh, on those carriers. Um, you remember uh, that's the only way to get those games unless absolutely. you're there in person, folks. Absolutely. You have to have an avenue through your provider to get the ACC network. There's right. no, there's no magical third option. And, uh, and so you mentioned the Big Ten, yeah. but you remember when the Big Ten first launched, it was about a year or two in the city of Chicago where there was no Big Ten football yes. and no Big Ten basketball. And that was tough for people to figure out this conversion from, you know, traditional over-the-air television to cable. Um, but in the long run, um, the district, the ACC is a worldwide league. Uh, you know, our, our alumni footprint up and down the eastern seaboard, but then the alums that come to the ACC from around the country, uh, you know, Washington, D.C. for Wake Forest is, is like our fourth largest concentration of graduates, um, Notre Dame, North Carolina, Virginia. I mean, there's a lot of ACC fans that don't, do, that, that don't live in this area. And so that's one of the attractive aspects of a network that enables our fans, no matter where they are around the world, to find ACC sports. 
Good stuff from John Curry, Wake Forest Athletic Director. He's on Twitter at John underscore Curry. Everything all right with that, Steve? You, do I get your stamp of approval? You guys allowed to leave now? Did I ask some smart questions at least? A couple? Thanks to you guys, seriously, for making the extra effort to be here in studio. Uh, all of the Wake Forest staff that accompanied John Curry, the Wake AD, uh, officially from May 1st and moving forward under the imposing pressure of trying to put together a 27- or 28-year tenure at his alma mater, Wake Forest. Thanks again, guys. What's the next stop? Do you have another uh, just partying like rock stars with fellow uh, Wake Forest We'll go, go visit some of our uh, friends in the uh, over-the-air TV business at WTVD, and we'll just keep going. Excellent. Thank you for making us one of your stops on the Wake Forest train. Keep up the good work, guys. Thanks, Dave. Great to see all of you in studio. John Curry here on the David Glenn Show. All right, that means we turn it back over to the state of North Carolina. I have five calls that waded through the entirety of that conversation with John Curry. Man, that's dedication. My wife doesn't even like me that much. Holy cow.